Do you think the audience will be able to hear that I'm like sort of cradling my my forehead in my hand? I think that you can hear your head is pitched at a really maybe. Oh, interesting. Okay, I won't do that. I think it makes it harder to about, speak from your diaphragm. Do you, do you think they'll be able to tell that I've no. got my sort of fists pushed into my cheeks? No. Okay. Hello and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Joe Dodoya. Very <laughs> 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 cool. <laughs> With me, as always, is Tori Poco. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Jedediah is a man who once was a boy, and he wrote down all his feelings in a diary to enjoy. Now he's reading it again, reading it for you. Maybe you'll recognize yourself too. Jetta Diaries, the Jetta Diaries, that's the name of this podcast. And now the song is through. Hello and welcome to week six of the Jetta Diaries. I am your host, Jedediah Baker. I'm Tori Pocket. And we both really appreciate you being here yet again. After last week's bathapalooza, mm. less baths this week. I can't promise no baths. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that would be <laughs> that would be very to ask out of character. But I can promise less baths. Speaking of listeners, we got another call on the the tip line. Oh, good. From fellow podcaster Lily Sloan, host of podcast A Therapist Walks Into a Bar. That's right. Which you should all listen to. It is very good. So Lily left us a message on the. Tip line, and here it is. Hi, Jedediah. This is Lily Sloan calling. I didn't know you in 1993, so I've got nothing on that. But I did have a serious question about this week's episode. You said writing a diary is supposed to just be for yourself with no particular audience in mind. And that might be very true for you. I know for me, it would vary quite a bit. Sometimes there were specific people who are getting in my head, who I was having imaginary conversations with or wanting to bounce ideas off of or just seriously wanting their approval. And so I'm wondering if you know when you were 12 if there were people like that who were in your head, like actual people or maybe even imaginary people, but if there was in any way maybe a little bit of an audience in your head. Thanks. Bye. Lily, thank you. The The short answer is no, I don't remember. Writing in the diary at all, honestly. So I don't think that I could adequately answer that question. And that brings up something that I have been thinking about for the past week. It's incredible to me that the same body, the same me, like the same brain that I am today is the same person who like carted this diary around Mm -hmm. for a year and wrote down all these things. To me, in my memory or like my conception of myself as a person, there is no through line from Mm -hmm. that little boy to who I am right now. Yeah. They are like separate entities. Because you don't remember it or because the things that you're expressing are not aligned with... Oh, no, no. They're aligned. Like, I see myself in this diary. Okay. But it feels like a different character did this. Yeah. And it's not. I mean, this is exactly... There's a direct line. It's a through line from that to this. Right. Like, I am him yeah. with 25 years in between. I'm having the opposite experience. The more you read from your diary, the more commonalities I see or the more embryonic Jed I see in the diary. (laughs) And it has less to do with the content, I think, than the way in which you express things. I mean, even though it's terse and there's not a lot of flowery language, Mm -hmm. there's something about the worldview expressed that is consistent to me. So you can see a direct sort of line from the 
the boy who wrote the diary to yeah. the man sitting before you today. I can. It reminds me of when we are at an impasse in our lives and we're expressing frustration with a certain situation and we feel like I've never felt like this before. And then, you know, we talk on Gchat and we go back and we see a conversation we had five years ago in which we're basically saying the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and in some ways, I guess that's heartening, yeah. you know, to know that time is a flat circle <laughs> to know that some things never change, never change. Yeah. Otherwise, it's frustrating because it's like I thought I had evolved more than that. Yeah, but there is growth. There is always growth. We may say the same things at intervals all throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. But eventually, I mean, you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Right. And eventually it becomes too much and you do do something different. Mm-hmm. But until then, yeah, you're just going to keep complaining about the same things, keep worrying about the same things. Yeah. And it takes like an event, sometimes internal, sometimes external to sort of break you out of that pattern. Sure. I do think that if there was any kind of voice in my head at the time, it was probably my little brother, Josie, who was, as I've mentioned, very critical of me. I think the diary was a way for me to fight back because I would say things in the diary that I would never say to his face because it would result in a pummeling. (laughs) A uh, thorough pummeling. So yeah, so it was a way for me to get my feelings. You know, like saying I'm mad or calling my dad dumb were ways for me to like get those emotions out Mm -hmm. onto the page and then not have to like deal with them in my day-to-day, maybe. Yeah. Okay, Tori, is there anything else that you'd like to address before we flip through the pages of my past once again? Let's get into it. (laughs) I'm ready. So if you remember last week, it was library camp. You were at library camp. We were both at library camp. That's right. Together. I was there too. Both having fun. February 6th. I had fun at LC. I took a bath. I beat Indy yesterday. I am playing Zach. It is fun. I loved LC. I like the scavenger hunt the best. You're very effusive. I'm happy. Yeah, in this entry. Library camp really kind of brought out the best in me. You twice mentioned how much you loved it. Well, thrice, actually, because you mentioned the the day before, yeah. So that you beat Indy. Is that four out of five? Yesterday. Okay, you beat it the day before. So library camp was a thing like you go to school on Friday, you go home, and then you go back to school at like 10 p.m. Was that how it worked? Yes. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah. I went home, beat Indy, and then went to library camp. Mm -hmm. High on my victory. Yeah, so Indy is game three from the five-pack. Zach is Zach McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders, so I've decided to tackle that next. We've talked about these games a lot, but among video game fans, are these games iconic? Or are oh, they yes. Kind of, oh, oh really? yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, The Secret of Monkey Island and Maniac Mansion are two classics of the genre. These games are associated with each other because they were included in the five-pack, but like if someone mentions They Monkey think of Island, these games too, yeah, because okay. they're from the same era, the same publisher. They're all point-and-clicks. Does point-and-click mean anything to you? You point the mouse at something and then you click. That's very good. And that triggers some sort of response. She's talking about computers. <laughs> Isn't every computer point and click? Yeah. So there's a character on the screen. Clicking around the screen makes them walk to different places and then you can interact with things. Okay. And all of these games, I believe, use this sort of early system of interaction where there was a verb bar at the bottom. Yeah. So you would sort of choose a verb like pick up or talk to or open. And then you would click on either something in your inventory or something in the environment. What wasn't point and click? Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers. Oregon Trail was not point and click. Okay. Because it was just typing, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. And like at one point you were a little man shooting. Point and click. These were basically like long puzzles. Interesting. And I think that's why I really like them. And it's still something I really love today because you really have to think. And it's also just a really a cracking good story. Yeah. So I beat Indy playing Zach. It is fun. Yeah. That's interesting because I don't remember it being fun. I remember it being frustrating and I remember it taking forever to beat mm-hmm. and like forever to figure out. 
today is my least favorite game of those five games. Really? Yeah. February 7th. I beat Zach. Wow. What? Now, this is the first time that my memory is totally at odds with what this diary says. Oh, interesting. In my memory, I tried to play Zach McCracken for weeks. Well, maybe you had played it in weeks leading up to this and you just hadn't recorded it. Maybe you've tried it. Oh, and it, gave up. Tried it and then came it. back. Yeah, you know what? That checks out. Yeah. That's why I'm this, here. This... <laughs> Well, but then let's talk about this. This pair of entries makes it sound like I started playing Zach and beat it the next day. It makes mm-hmm. me sound like a wonder kid. It makes me kind of wor- worried, you know, wondering about my kind of blitz through three or four computer games last week. Yeah. Like, what am I leaving out? Well, we know that you got the five pack on Christmas or that's for true. Christmas. That's true. So, that's so it's whatever it is, it's it's a month. Start date. Yeah. That's true. I, I can't believe how much time I spent playing computer games. I mean, it was what you did outside it of It really school. must have been all I was doing. Mm-hmm. Now I have to beat Maniac Mansion. Hmm. Mom never stays upstairs for me. Okay. I don't like that. There was no skiing today. I got a, and then it's a picture of scissors cutting what I assume is one enormous hair. Okay. I got a haircut. What do you suppose that thing about my mom is about? That was your mom's house, obviously. Your house Mm -hmm. was very big, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned last week. Were you scared at that point? Of being upstairs alone? Maybe. Mom never stays upstairs for me. I don't like that. That feels to me like the most kind of... Vulnerable? Vulnerable, raw kind of entry so mm-hmm. far. I'm going to call her. Okay. Mom, yes. I'm, calling, I'm calling for the podcast. You can hear the... Uh, I have to... Oh, I can't. I cannot, I cannot hear world. it. Can't you hear the dinosaurs? I can't hear the dinosaurs, <laughs> no. I'm, doing, I'm recording the podcast with Tori. Yes. It's February of 1993. Among other things in this entry, I say, Mom never stays upstairs for me. I don't like that. What is that about? Do you know? Stays upstairs? Yeah. When you were little, I used to like to lie down when you were going to sleep. <laughs> I used to alternate. You had, it, was, oh. it was bunk beds that were divided. Yeah. So I would lie down with one of you, and I had to hold the hand of the other. And then the next night I would lie down and there was a strict limit. It was like five minutes. Maybe I stopped doing that or something. Yeah. I mean, I was 12. Oh yeah. Uh, That probably would have been weird. It sounds like something maybe you, you used to do when we were younger and you had kind of decided it was time to not be doing that anymore. And I still wanted you to stay stay upstairs and and hold my hand. Was Um, I scared to go to sleep at 12? I don't think so. Hmm. Not at all. All right, that's that's perfect. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you too. Enjoy, ah. enjoy Jurassic World. Yes, I will. I will. Bye. Okay. That's very sweet. That is sweet. A son's love for his mother. I mean, that is a big house to, even when you're 12, that's a big scary house to be alone in or feel like you're alone. Oh, and like right next to the door to that room, that was our bedroom, was the stairs to the attic. Oof. Which was just a terrifying place. February 8th. I went to sleep at 9.50. Good time. Better than normal. There was a dog show on tonight. Mom's talking about new rooms in attic. Wait, wait you went to bed at 9... You went to bed. Went to sleep. Went to sleep the at night 9:50. before? At 9.50. When are you writing oh, this? Oh, oh. oh, that's a... 
<laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> no, there's a duck show on tonight. So I'm writing that night, I guess, maybe the night before. Yeah. Yeah. Between this and your video games, I have a question about timelines. <laughs> <laughs> Things don't line up. <laughs> I don't know why that's a good time or why it's better than normal. I guess maybe I'm trying to get to bed at a more reasonable hour, which seems pretty... Well, your dad did say last week that you had to go to bed Yeah, at 10. So what was the other thing you watched? A dog show. A dog show. I mean, I suppose we could look look that up. February 8th, 1993. So in the February 10th, 1993 New York Times, Walter Fletcher writes of the Westminster Dog Show. Who won? An English Springer Spaniel. You know, I like Spaniels today. That's probably launched you on your path. Mom's talking about new rooms in the attic. A lot of stuff about the house today. Yeah. This week. I wish she was still on the phone. I'm going to call her again. Mom, hello. Yes, yes. I'm calling again. Are you still watching Jurassic World? The dinosaurs are attacking the people and biting them and throwing them on the ground. Oh, great. It's very charming. Oh, oh, and Chris Pratt's getting getting bitten. He's going to have to (laughs) pull his butt. The raptor friends. The raptors, yes. Oh, no, the woman <laughs> shot it. <laughs> I feel I like I'm it. there. Do you remember talking about rooms in the rooms in the attic? Mm, we did. I mean, there was rooms in the attic, but it was I believe it was not insulated. Yeah, maybe you were talking about kind of renovating or adding them or... Oh, it could be. Do you remember if I was scared of the attic? Uh, you might have been scared of the attic when you were real little. I don't think when you were 12. I think you're giving too much credit. Well, maybe but, you didn't but articulate maybe. it, but <laughs> no, I do not remember that either. I'm okay. so helpful. I listen to this podcast and I'm like, oh my God, I, I, I just remember working all the time. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Hopefully this will be the last time I bother you tonight. That's okay. Good luck. <laughs> February 9th, I drew a picture on the computer. <laughs> Me and Matt laughed our heads off at school. He drew a MacGyver comic, not again. What is it? With a retard at the end oh. saying MacGyver. Okay. Is that it? That's the entry? That's it. That's the whole entry. I remember this. What? The comic? I remember the comic and then the, the MacGyver. I want to tread lightly here, but um, that character saying MacGyver was kind of like a catchphrase for us for a while. We would just say MacGyver. And laugh. In a, in a kind of a Affected. Vo- a voice. Yeah. MacGyver was on, I don't know, at that point, maybe like close to a decade or something. But I think this was the point at which that thing of this MacGyver type character solving impossibly complicated situations mm-hmm. with readily available mm-hmm. objects, like the famous ones, like a, you know, a stick, a of, stick gum of gum to defuse a bomb. Yeah. That was kind of a trope or a joke at that point. And we were tapping into that. Oh, yeah. It was like a parody. Oh, you know parody. what? I remember the comic. He blows up. Okay. I think that's the comic is that it's like a... You know, straight MacGyver scene, sure. and it doesn't work. The piece of paper was too thin. I remember this. Uh-huh. He put a piece of paper to stop a like a trigger from hitting something else, a mechanism in the bomb, and the piece of paper was too thin, and the bomb goes off, and that's the end. Yeah. And then this character says MacGyver. The 90s was very big on pastiche and kind mm-hmm. of repurposing and mm-hmm. recontextualizing mm-hmm. things. I don't want to call it satire because that's probably too complimentary, but parody was a big thing. Yeah. Where, well, this was like In Living Color. Yeah. Mad TV. Yeah. And we were really like into parodies. Huh. You loved Weird Al. Which loved was Weird Al. Later. It was the only music I listened to for, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that it was a, this was a parody of a commercial because there were commercials on TV at the time on USA. Mm-hmm. 
where it would be a narrator describing this crazy thing MacGyver did on the show. And then Pete from the Phoenix Foundation, mm-hmm. it would cut to a clip of him and he'd be just going, MacGyver. <laughs> okay. So like, you yeah. couldn't believe it. Yeah. This was, this was our version of that where instead of a man saying in, in total awe, MacGyver, a, a quote unquote retard mm-hmm. says it in a, in a funny, a funny voice yeah. that made us laugh our heads off. I'm assuming we laughed our heads off both at the comic itself, Mm -hmm. but I do remember finding it very funny to say, say MacGyver in this voice. Mm -hmm. The other event in this entry is that I I thought it was noteworthy that I drew a picture on the computer. Mm -hmm. God, I wish I knew what that picture was. Was that be Microsoft Paint? It must have been MS Paint. February 10th. I had Taekwondo today. I am itchy. (laughs) I have finished The Secret Garden. It was a very good book. Oh. Tori is drawing an AJ comic. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs> First of all, I want to say that I thought I'd finished The Secret Garden weeks ago. Yeah, me too. The fact that I've been reading it all this time is a is a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Was it the one thing that I said, I hope I like it better? In the beginning, you said, I don't like it. I hope I like it better. And then later, you'd like it. I did it. say I like it. So you've oscillated Upgraded to a very good book. Mm-hmm. Tori, what's an AJ comic? AJ was a character that we created around this time. He was a little boy. He was a five or six-year-old. He had his friends, Kyle and Skimpy. I was Skimpy. <laughs> Skimpy. And then Skimpy Matt, the baby. Skimpy was the, the baby of the three. Matt was his character Kyle. And they were just three little kids. And we created this whole world and populated it with characters. AJ's world. AJ's world. This is us playing pretend. Yeah, this is us playing pretend. This is around the time, I don't know if you remember this, someone came to our classroom from, I think, the Humane Society, like the Hollywood chapter, Uh to talk to us. I don't know what the occasion was. I don't know why they did this. To talk to us about animal actors. To talk to us about animals in film. They told us about the ways in which animals are managed on set and how they're looked after. Such as the raptors in Jurassic World. The Raptors of Jurassic World. At the end of the presentation, they passed around this photocopy with all the major studio addresses on it, Paramount and Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. They encouraged us to write to these studios, I guess, just to say, you know, we, the youth of America, are in favor of the ethical treatment of animals. This was the first time that we had access to <laughs> these movie studios' addresses. <laughs> And that was a coup for us. I mean, this was the closest we'd come to show business. Wow. So from that point on, we were really just coming up with ideas for movies and pitching them and sending them letters. Wow. And AJ's World, we had this idea oh. for a movie. We wanted to turn it It was into the a beginning, thing. like a cinematic universe. Kind it was of a idea. cinematic universe. So this is an important point because it's when oh. our playing, which to that point, really, we'd just done for its own end, yeah. became, you know, we connected it to the movies we were seeing, the television we were watching. Oh my gosh, yeah. The, the real connection of, of imagination and authorship. Right. This idea that these things are created by other other people, and I could and do it too. And we could do too. that too. Yeah, that was wow. a big point. Cool. And not long after this, I mean, you would get a camcorder and we would... <sighs> our lives would change forever. Our lives would change forever. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Was there anything else in that? I love that. No, I had Taekwondo. I was itchy. Yeah. Can't, can't really pin that down. Mm-hmm. February 11th. Matt drew a MacGyver Brothers picture. It was funny. <laughs> I went to sleep late. Again. Dad got me a stupid t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if it is stupid. It probably is. <laughs> Yawn. <laughs> There's no way, of course, you know what t-shirt that is. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, absolutely not. 
that's whoa. Why didn't you? Know why did I think stu- it was stupid? But I wasn't sure if it yeah. was or not. I was still like figuring out what's cool. What's cool? Yeah, cool. I didn't. It's, I had no idea. I still no. don't know. Yeah, I had no idea. I never knew what was cool and what wasn't. And unfortunately, you wouldn't until you go to school and, and try it out. Yeah, and then it would be too late. Yeah, <laughs> at that point, <laughs> I'd be the guy wearing the stupid T-shirt. <laughs> you couldn't ask Josie because it was stupid no matter what. Because <laughs> yeah. it was mine by dint of you, yeah, wearing. <laughs> Uh, Matt drawing a MacGyver Brothers picture. I, I vaguely remember that. So that's, I mean, that's, so we've already moved from uh, two days brothers. ago parody to sort of um, more of a riff right. on MacGyver. It's mm-hmm. not a very like complicated riff, but <laughs> yeah. it is imagining either MacGyver's sons or like a parallel universe MacGyver who has a brother. Um, <laughs> I mean, just, whole, it's it like, it's up. like, what if yeah. MacGyver, but there's two of them. <laughs> Matt, if you're listening, please email us this picture of the macgyver brothers (laughs) february 12th mrs waring was interviewed for the news i got on the tape me and matt found a hurt cat we named him luke (laughs) the t-shirt is very good I really, I really had no idea. I bet I wore it to school. And it went over a storm. And yeah, people just loved it. Pointed it out all day, giving me thumbs up. Great t-shirt, Jed. Wow, what a t-shirt. Uh, yeah, thanks, Dad. That for t-shirt. That great t-shirt. I mean, presumably made it on the news, too. Oh, my God. It was on the news. You know what? That means that somewhere, Morrisville's local news archives... <laughs> There is the answer the to answer what's to that. that shirt. We'll spend the rest of the year trying to trying to dig that up. You know, I still haven't had any luck tracking down. Well, I've had some luck tracking down Mrs. Waring, but I haven't been able to speak to her yet. But mm-hmm. that's just another question to ask her yeah. on top of the my class is scum question, mm-hmm. which I'm glad that came up. Talking to Matt recently. A lot of Matt in yeah. there. Well, and there's like a lot more friends. There's this creativity that's like happening yeah. that wasn't happening in the first month of the diary. Yeah. You know, right before I say my class is scum, I say Mr. Wilder is cool. So Matt wondered if maybe the he was a substitute and he wondered if maybe the class was not showing him respect and mm. being rude to him. And that's what I was commenting on. Yeah. It wasn't that I thought my class to be scum just in general. It was that they were being shitty to this substitute. Yeah. And I felt for the substitute. Sure. I know I, I know I started this episode out talking about how I have no like I don't feel a real connection to my old self, but I, I guess that I kind do. Of empathizing with yeah, I mean I'm still a very empathetic person mm-hmm. and like seeing someone else being hurt or like seeing something unfair happen like yeah. really irks me. Mm-hmm. I would like to believe that I wasn't kind of angrily calling my class scum. It's that they were acting like scum you to this protective. substitute. Yeah. And I liked him. And right. I was like, that's not fair. They shouldn't be yeah. doing that. I like that reading. That is it. Hmm. Thoughts Thoughts on this week? I have to say, halfway through, I was a little um, underwhelmed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but as we made our way through and uh, mm-hmm. reflecting upon it, I think our understanding of your world has been significantly expanded this week thank you thank you everyone for listening valentine's day is coming up that's right in just two days do you think that's something you observed in 1993 i don't should i flip forward and see yeah let's do it i'm just gonna take a sneaky peek two days yeah. into the future and you see have to tell me but what i what i thought i'm hoping your face will betray <laughs> what kind of face did i make resignment yeah i think i'm still too young yeah or at least in the diary i mention it oh you do okay yeah and we just have one more thing to check in on on this week, and then that'll be it. Okay. Jerry. Hello, Mom. Yes. 
what's happening in Jurassic World now? Oh, it's getting towards the end. All the raptors got killed. Oh, and, no. Uh, they're running away. And uh, it got all screwed up. Oh, they're hiding in a store. Old Chris and the girl and the kids. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I just wanted to just wanted to check in. Oh. <laughs> That's all. I don't have questions. Some other things no. in the past. I was just telling Mike. I was like, I listened it with fascination to like things you wrote because it seems like millions of years ago. It does. It seems like another lifetime to me. It seems like it happened to another person almost. Because you were little, you know, you actually yeah. have changed into another person almost. You were a little kid. Yeah. So uh, now I'm a grown adult man. Right. Oh my God. Oh my God. There is a raptor, what? and he's going to eat. He's going to eat the dude. <laughs> Who's that guy? I loved him in one of the crimes. He was a detective. Come on. Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. It just killed him. <laughs> but he kind of deserved that. He was an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Jedi Diaries. The Jedi Diaries. That's the name of this podcast. And now this episode is through.